0: This is Keeping Track, and you're listening to Molly Huddle, Alicia Montano, and Roisin Magedigan-Dumas. We want to highlight the important topics, inspiring stories, and amazing women in sport. We're three Olympians
1: from two countries, two moms, and one current pro coming together to talk about issues we're passionate about in the sports world.
2: And we care about the current and future landscape of women's sports. And this is just how we're keeping track.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. We took a little breather in March, um, but we are back in April. We even have a catch up with all three of us, which we've been way too overdue for. So, Roisin, Alicia, and I catch up on what's been going on the last few months in our spheres, and then we talk to legendary athlete Kim Smith. Um, you know Kim from her amazing feats in the NCAA at Providence College and afterwards for New Zealand, three-time Olympian, and she holds almost every New Zealand record from the indoor mile to the outdoor marathon. She's a good friend of ours and, as I've mentioned recently many times, um, was a very important role model for me and many other athletes in our group So we really wanted to hear some of the advice and experiences that she had to offer, and it was a long time coming to convince Kim, who does not like giving interviews, to come on the show. So we hope you enjoy that, and we hope you enjoy, we had two episodes slated for March that are delayed, so after this Kim interview, they will be coming out, and they were delayed for exciting reasons, one of them being... um, there is a sponsorship attached to the episode, and so we're very happy to be working that out. And the second episode we are doing in conjunction with a research project uh, similar to what we did about a year and a half and a year and a half ago with Racing for Representation. So we look forward to those two episodes coming out sometime in the next one to two months. but for now, we loved our chat with Kim. We hope you enjoy it. And thanks for keeping track. Hello, everybody. How are you? Grace.
2: How are you? Baby's
0: coming. Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling large. I don't know. Baby might be here by the time people hear this. But um, week 36. So I feel like there's no more room left in my body. So I'd be very happy to have a baby on the outside of my body soon.
2: <laughs> I love that.
0: Um, I listen to a lot of birth stories, though. So also, that's my new fascination. I'm obsessed. Birth
2: stories? Oh, yeah. I will totally tell you all my birth stories. I actually have some books I need to I send you. They're ones that I'm done with. So I want to I hear like,
0: all like, of all your, all your children, all books. six of you, all six birth stories from the two of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah we'll tell you
0: podcast is long
1: <laughs> <enough for those.
2: laughs> this is an episode where we're doing the birth stories oh also uh, Christy Turlington Burns Arrival Stories is coming out mm-hmm. with uh, it's Christy Turlington Burns and Amy Schumers um, and I have I wrote an essay within it oh, so wow. that would be wonderful mm-hmm. for you Molly because it's, uh, uh, out it's for that. Arrival Stories yeah this is with Every Mother Counts yeah. Arrival yeah.
0: Stories is a book or a documentary or? it's a book it's okay. a book
2: so Chrissy Tomington Burns and Amy Schumer wrote a book called, uh, arrival stories and within it, are essays from women and when they arrived to motherhood. So it isn't your typical, like just the birth story. There's some of those in there, but there's also like things that we've fought through and like worked out in motherhood or going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the essay that I wrote was about, you know, my experience as a professional athlete and, um,
1: that's not how she birthed it. like
2: yeah it's like all the things that I was up against you know in it you know so but like so it's not my particular birth story so anyways my point is to say that arrival stories would be right up your alley it's going to be coming out when you're kind of just next week I think April something so you're either just have baby or just be with your feet okay. up waiting for baby to arrive so
0: I'll have to order pre-order
2: yes um and then uh, let's say, so how old are your babies now, Ro? <laughs>
1: um, 10, almost eight and one and a half.
2: Oh my how God. How about you? Hold on, the one and a half. How's that going? But one and
1: sorry. I kind of just say one and a half when they're like around year and a yeah. half. And I got like, like kind of pushed back by this, like, you know, first-time dad. He was like, "Oh, so that would make your baby born in this month?" And I was like, "No, okay, so technically he's nineteen months or something." You know, I, I don't know if you're and like. Then, a and then on month. that
0: side, then you say two.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, so, I don't know if I you're mean, like a months person, but I'm just kind of over the months thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think in the beginning kind of time of the around, you just like first one. You kind of the months. You you know, explaining it to people that don't have kids, you're like actually. Every month, there's a different developmental milestone. That's kind of exciting when you get to it. It's like the best. Yeah, it's within
1: the first year, within first the, year or so. It's
2: well, it's actually within the first twenty-four months, to be honest.
1: Yeah, there's like really
2: big leaps, and then they kind of just like hanging in a space every like six months after that. So that's why people, I think, go up to two years. It is wild when someone's like thirty-six months. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> you know? um, Forty-two months. I made
2: a joke. <laughs> I sent out our Christmas card, and I think um to my my parents and our family whatever and I was like I'm 432 months (laughs) Um, yeah
1: seriously I don't know yeah maybe I'm just uh I don't know (laughs) but jaded
2: yeah because you were pregnant just pregnant Lennox was just born
1: and you were we're like past the pregnancy relay here so it was like you to me to (laughs) my me and (laughs) you back and forth a couple of times and then
2: Keeping and track is
1: contagious. I was wondering solo for the next while, though. Right? I know. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: you're done. Gut- Molly, you're going to be by yourself. The uh, <laughs> thumbs up, though. Don't <laughs> no really, don't pass me the baton. I don't... <laughs> this you're is a bell.
0: you be pass me, you're gonna be me with the
2: baton, and I'm going to be like,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're away from the, the baton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, but things are really great. I have um, my little list is two now and I just spent a large chunk of time away from everybody out of the country so I mean it's been quite an experience for me I went to Africa for two weeks a little bit more than two weeks um I went to Nairobi Kenya first uh with Every Mother Counts and then I went for your to first the, time in Kenya my first time in Africa in general
1: oh, okay yeah. okay so what yeah. was it yeah, yeah, it
2: was awesome. We got to go to the maternity ward there, um, Jacaranda, and just kind of see the progress that uh, Every Mother Count's work has been doing. Um, so everybody that's contributed has been able to create hospital spaces like that basically allows access and equitable care to um women and girls in, in, in Kenya to give birth safely and respectfully. And then um we went to Tanzania where I ran the Mount Kilimanjaro marathon, but we were there also because there's a um, hospital that Every Mother Counts um, helped build and uh, donates funds to to keep it running called Fame. And um, it's another space, it's a beautiful space um, that again has changed kind of like how uh, women are able to safely, respectfully, give birth um in that area of the world so it was just really awesome to kind of see all the work that they've been doing and what it means to be a part of it and to help with that and um every mother counts and and mother has partnered because our both of our organizations are like go hand in hand you know yeah. so like for us it's like really important it's just again it's about equity right so it's really important for us to be able to support moms ability to have access to not only safe and equitable, respectable care, um, in their labor and in the postpartum period, but also during their pregnancy mm-hmm. and, uh, allow them, re- give, give them resources and an opportunity to just kind of like do their best to prepare themselves for whatever their pregnancy could be. Cause there's so many variances of it. And it also helps save women's lives if they're able to get care in quality care in their pregnancy. And it can yeah. Drastically change the outcomes of uh, what can be on the other side of labor and delivery. It's just very real. It's true that not every pregnancy is straightforward and not every um, birth and delivery is straightforward, but then also the support on the other side that can help change the outcomes for mom and baby and uh, prevent infant and um, maternal mortality. So that's yeah. huge. And then with our nonprofit um, and mother, for us, it's like our. Whole mission is to break down barriers as well. They're breaking down barriers that limit um access to quality and equitable care, respectable care. And on the other side, we're also breaking down barriers that limit uh that limit access uh for women to be able to pursue and thrive in their career and their motherhood respectfully, like you know, and it's just like yeah. we are constantly up against moms or constantly up against all these things that uh is just literally underlying goal is just respect. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just kind of crazy that we were fight for respect, like in so many different ways. And mothers are so undervalued in so many spaces. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just been nice to be able to partner with them. And we look forward to, um, more of the work that we're going to be doing together. Um, and
0: how, and how, how much people. did you guys end up raising? I saw you each had to raise money going into the marathon. We like raise
2: over, uh, um, $200,000 from uh, this
0: event. That's amazing. two hundred thousand
2: wow. dollars. Um and with that, Every Mother Counts was able to buy an ambulance for this uh secondary school that we visited, Muido, um in their secondary school in um in Tanzania, and they just really needed an ambulance. It's like where their school is, that the school that we visited is all girls school, and the the purpose of that school is to help um girls have access towards education because we know education is, uh, it's it opens the doors to so many opportunities that prevents girls from being coerced or pushed into early like child marriages, you know, yeah, like in, yeah, yeah. yeah. in in some cultures, uh, Maasai culture, um, girls can be married at the age of 11. And with that comes pregnancy and just these girls are not developed in a way to be able to um, really hold uh, a whole nother human. And it's oftentimes mm-hmm. those are the most riskiest
1: um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: pregnancies. So, uh, you know, so just being able to allow them an opportunity to also have access to great medical care and what they need in order to get to a great medical facility was an ambulance to get there. Mm-hmm. Um that's what, you know, some of the
1: uh, can we? Are you still? Can I'm we still excited. add that link? Can we add that link to this like podcast? Because like,
2: yeah, yeah, you can. My um, I have the link in my Instagram, but we can also add it to the podcast. I and then moving from that, though, we are now. I think,
0: I think that link is also currently in our Instagram link tree, uh, keeping track too. true right? Yeah, I think,
2: I think so. Doing it yeah, right
1: now we yeah. mean to
0: do so that.
2: Thank you. If you guys want to continue to donate to that, you can. Also, uh, our Mom Forward 5K for Ann Mother is coming May 8th. This is our second annual uh, Mom Forward 5K, which is again with our nonprofit organization, Ann Mother. Mission is to break down barriers that limit a woman's choice to pursue and thrive in her career and motherhood. Um, it's about allowing us an opportunity to break down those barriers so we have access to uh, respectable work environments um, in every industry across the board. And so, um, you can sign up for that race and actually um, and mother underscore org uh, on Instagram. I'm going to have to double check that. We'll put that link in there too. So sign up for that race. It's going to be virtual um, trying to do an in-person one. So, um, you know, if it's not this year, then next year, but regardless, you can totally help us in our cause um, by signing up for that race.
0: So cool. And um, how, so, to- kind of secondary to the fundraising. Like, what did you think of running a marathon?
2: (laughs) Oh, oh,
3: secondary.
2: Right. 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 Uh, Um I thought the I worst part about running a marathon was training for it. I like just was like, I can't I better I can't wait to go and be done with this part. (laughs) I just like the how much more
0: so like were you doing much more than what you did when you were hitting it in like your base phase on the track or like was it how was this different for you?
2: Uh, just going for a singular like 18 mile run just
0: you would didn't, never have done
2: that didn't really do it for me but
0: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'd be like earplugs in and i'm like I look at my watch and I'm, like lobbling around, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I look at my watch and I'm, like, nine miles. You know, I'm, like, come back, you know, grab some water at the house and then, like, Lou, I'm going to do the nine mile loop again. You know, just bobble, bobble, bobble. Like, that's kind of how I felt. I was like, by myself. Um, <laughs> just killing time. You know, just killing time. And, and for me, like, I, it's interesting because I'll like look at Lou and I'll be like, it's kind of crazy. I just did a workout and it was an 11 mile workout but it's like intervals and I just nonstop the whole time. So it's like a run. It's like jug and I like get it done faster or in the same amount of time, but it's just like the way I like working out.
0: <laughs> I love know. working out. Cause it breaks up your run. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So like just I like agree. the runs just, I didn't really excite me. So that's the only thing I'll say about that, but running the marathon uh, for me, I'm like all about the challenges. I love them. It's so fun. So going to, you know, someone asked like, Hey, you know, uh, Christy Turlington was running her 10th, and as she says, final marathon, and I'm running my first marathon. And it was just like our whole connection. It just kind of was like that magic of it. I love things like that. Um, and then going to be like, oh, you want to run a marathon? And like, hmm, Where is it going to be? It's like, Mel, Gilindar. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll <go do> that. <laughs> so it's like there is so much little other parts that yeah. are feeding my run life right yeah. now. And it's things yeah. like that, you know, so getting to run with uh, Christy. And, um, you know, our friend, Emily and Adrian, it was four of us that run the marathon that were all there. And then, um, everyone else ran the half marathon, which was, an experience experiencing in some of the Ended up of itself. Cause they had to start the race and it was like eight miles uphill. We like ran half marathon and then went eight miles uphill.
1: Oh no! Um, just like no. seeing the
2: mountain. It's like, at first you would just keep going. And you know, at first I was like, I want to run. I had a, like a time goal. I was like, I want to run a sub, at least just sub four hours is fine for me. I was like, do you guys think I like in training? Like, I was like, I think I got like a 330 one in there. Like adjust your goals. Cause this is really hard. And it's this, and it's like, this could be a hot. I was like, okay. At least sub four hours then is what I said. And they're like, I, i'm serious like you're gonna want to like look up and look around and you know you're climbing up a hill and there's different terrain and i'm so happy that i kind of like just deleted that oh, thought yes. process because it allowed me to enjoy the experience of running yeah. uh every mother counts and not just be so like deep Oop! oh man that one was this you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah then, like if you want to do that away, you can go to watch away. Yeah, they're
2: yeah. like they're like go to chicago or exactly. like they're walking yeah. up these other races to kind of like maybe do it to like whatever. And so that was great. I'm glad that we just totally ran it together and mm-hmm. we were looking Definitely. around and I got to enjoy like the, you know, just the mm-hmm. scenery and just like being within a city where everyone was like, we're running through people's homes and it's like mm-hmm. these beautiful homes. Like, you know, there were some adobe ones, there was brick, there was like cement house. It was just like all these different,
0: mm-hmm. I felt like
2: it was like architectural, like it was art, you know, That's what it felt like I was running oh, wow. through, like this beautiful African, like art of homes. Oh,
0: wow. um,
2: and then to roll up and like look at Mount Kilimanjaro and just be like, this is such uh, just, I don't know, the whole experience just mm-hmm. felt really magical. And this,
1: what's, it, what's the climate like as you kind of get up higher? Was it colder? Like, does it? It was so
2: hot. It was so hot, but they, everybody was worried that we weren't going to be able to see uh, the mountain because of uh, it overcast. And so we were, you know, just nerding out and we were like, we're going to do a clear air dance, you know? And then, so we did and not saying that it worked, but it did (laughs) (laughs) no clouds, but the downside to that is then now we were baking. So I was actually like pretty Mm -hmm. hurt after the marathon, you know, once we got through it, I was really hot. I I also, I felt like I was feeling relatively good. And and then we started climbing and I was like, I just need to like head down and kind of go. And it was Mm -hmm. like less it was enjoy, I wouldn't say it was not enjoyable, but it was just like, I'm focused on just wanting to finish now yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and advanced really quicker. Good. Cause now I'm getting really hot and then we have to climb up these hills and I have enough food still. So then I made a really big mistake, um, towards the end. And the- I think this is also why I like literally felt really sick. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not like pushing myself to like the brink of death. Um, but I had like, I did just, I took a, ge- I had like a gel. And then I had it um, and that was like 250 calorie hit. And then I put like some, some powder, like 500 calories inside of my water just to have it ready. And so all of a sudden I just consumed 750 calories and that just made, turn my stomach. And I'm like, you idiot. Oh. Like, I don't know why. I think I was just trying to get rid of things in my hand. Cause I just been yeah. holding all this stuff and I was like, Oh, I just don't want this anymore. So I'm just gonna put that in there. And I'm like, Oh wait, that was just my water. That had nothing in it. Now it's got 500 calories it's just like
0: tons of sugar at once or yeah. whatever and
2: so and that was like us going down the hill and finishing and so when I finished I was like hot and I wasn't dehydrated but I was like my stomach was like oh, you put too much yeah yeah pasta.
1: and you just were like an endurance event right I don't think anyone's ever like like you can never say that a marathon's not like a really hard challenge on its own oh yeah you're right it,
2: <laughs> I did push myself that way but I mean like it's not like I was racing like to
0: no yeah out. But-
1: yeah
0: but. so you guys you were you didn't climb Mount Kilimanjaro but it was still altitude we at the base right? of it. yeah yeah it's still yeah. a little high
2: yeah and we did we got I mean I, I had it on my I don't know where it is right now because I didn't put my stats but the elevation gain I mean we gained you that know make,
0: that makes it hard right there
2: yeah we climbed it, do the flat, it wasn't the just flat, road or? it was like dirt terrain and rocks yeah, and like gosh, you know wow. like yeah you
0: rocks. said are you you're gonna do like a road like a major aren't you coming yeah, up. when are you going to do that? Is that a plan? Is that a secret plan? Is that a TBD plan? But
2: I have to do that, never running a marathon i was kidding Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I
1: uh you wait till the next cool challenge shows up and yeah. then you'll go back.
2: I was I I was told that uh New York was a fun one.
0: Mm-hmm. But then I
2: was I heard that it wasn't from other people like so I don't know, but if I run it I would like to.
0: I think it's a fun one.
2: Run
1: with folks looks really hard but i might see everyone coming up to <laughs> i'm not
2: going to chicago <laughs> just- in case you guys heard that i was just saying someone was like if you want to run a fast one well, you've got to go to chicago and i was like oh, okay i guess i'll wait till next yeah. year
0: yeah i've always wanted to do chicago that one's on my bucket list maybe yeah. i'll be ready by september
2: yeah wow. i'm definitely not gonna run it in september i can't see myself For Octo- it's really
0: october but yeah that would be cool that'd
1: be yeah. fast turnaround uh, april may june july
2: august september hey we'll, well see yeah mm-hmm.
1: we'll see. <laughs> no awesome. um
2: i feel like we made that about my marathon and um we joined, so it's
1: important. so interesting i'm like transported to, well i also to guys
2: i think what, what i'm loving so much about my run life right now is just like the challenges oh, no, God. um the challenges of kind of that side of running that kind of allows you to kind of dig a little bit deeper. That's like, you know, everybody gets an opportunity to experience that in different ways, but like mm-hmm. a different challenge. And So
0: mm-hmm.
2: just now I just got back from um, Vegas where we ran from LA to Vegas on a six person relay team. And it was like 283 miles. And the challenge is to see this, the speed project to see we get there the quickest um, and you could pick any, there's no rules. And there's, the whole thing was no rules, no spectators. Um, and it's just like, how quick can you get there? You can cut through the desert. You can, whatever the whole thing is. And honestly, like, I've just been saying yes to things like that because that yeah, experience that was, was wild. It was fun. It was crazy. And it was something that's like, I don't know, tra- I don't know I'm the word super hippie. I'm hippie over here. Transformative, just in a different way, you know? And yeah, I like yeah. the aspect of like running something and committing to it and trying your very best to like coming
1: together you know, yeah
2: put it together and it was just interesting because I was like 6 15 pace for you know however we broke it up and it's like beep. you know it's like okay they need me to do this and like they tag and you see somebody come through and they're like literally giving all they're got and you're like oh crap like we've been running off of increments of like you know an hour of sleep here or there you yeah. know
0: how long did it take you guys to do it
2: 30 hours and two minutes my
0: oh, yeah. I did yeah. see some of my friends on trip on um, Instagram also had teams. I didn't realize, I thought maybe this was just an ultra event, but you were the ultra team. Yeah. And there were other teams there. Like, yeah. did you guys put, pl- was there like placings and stuff? Like, yeah,
2: we finished second nice. and we were like winning for a period of time. One of our runners, uh, he's a great runner, Zach bitter. He can like pro- run a hundred miles at that pace by himself. Um, oh, but wow. he, so we got in this, jeep called i mean is a jeep on this road called the power line road and it's really like you know i wanted to share like a little bit i think in the beginning of the last post that i just did you can kind of see how the terrain was in the car and he got um car sick mm-hmm. and so when he came out for his turn he was just like a mess mm-hmm. and then we got passed by a, a running team another running team um like he said i got past like i was standing still and it was so hard because i couldn't do anything about it and then the captains and the other two people that were in the car because we did it in two groups of three to kind of like tag it through and then allow for that to be rest space. that's kind of how the strategy was um they were like it was better for him to kind of just wobble it out and hope that he was going to feel better in two miles um yeah. versus putting him back in the car to like yeah 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 you know so that's when we got past it
0: it feels like an adventure another big adventure yeah it's all about keeping the stuff new keeping challenges and running new and fresh and fun yeah Yeah.
2: and you definitely accomplished that so
0: anyway that's that on that (laughs) i um um
2: row i want some more updates on what you've got coming up running anything
1: I was to say, I'm kind of like envious of your running challenges. I'm like literally the complete opposite here in the winter in Rhode Island. I've just been up yeah. like a, like a yo yo in my little area. And um, yeah, like yearning for that, like something fun and fresh like that. So I mean, maybe I'll have to, yeah, keep my eyes open and yeah. get myself a new challenge. You know, I'm kind of out. I need to not be like, oh, yeah, I had a baby. You know, the, the conversation we had, oh, I have a little baby. Yeah. And the baby's like, Going off to college and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like talking about
2: the month. Huh? You can't keep just the months don't don't make your baby younger.
1: I know, 48 yeah, yeah.
2: months. No, guys, I have a 48 month old at home. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm still, you know. Um, so I've been very soft to myself these days, but it's all good. Um yeah, it's it's you well, live
2: in whatever well. season you need to live in, however you want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm ready for winter to be over though. And
0: that's for sure.
2: Well, that's awesome. Molly, anything that we should, uh, close out with?
0: Um, yeah, we just, it was good to get us all three together. I don't think we've had a catch up between us for a couple months. So it was great to see all you ladies at once and still, we're still pushing how she did it book. So you guys can check out our, the new thing I guess with that is Sarah and I are adding, um, material that was edited out of the book, um, underneath our sprinkling, sprinkling tears as they cut it out of the book, we are putting it back into our website, howshediditbook.com. So if you guys want some exclusive interviews and expert advice in more depth than what was in the book, head over there, because we're doing that about once a week for the next few weeks.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's been amazing to see the book release and see it on your Instagram and everyone sharing it.
0: How's the response been? Um, you know, like, we're waiting, like, lots of support of people buying the book and talking about the book, and now we want the feedback from reading the book, so that always takes a few weeks, so we're bracing for that. We hope, we hope it's a good resource, though. You know, our audience, the book's for everyone, but of course, you have to pick an audience when you're talking, uh, giving a speech, writing a book, whatever, and ours yeah. is, you know, that high-performance-minded, young female athlete, like the high school, college-age athlete, so yeah
1: yeah i'm sure they're gobbling it up
0: <laughs> yeah we hope so
1: yeah yeah it's brilliant they're brilliant um brilliant it
2: was nice catching up with you guys and everyone thank you so much for always tuning in and supporting us on keeping track thanks everyone thanks. Thanks.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Track. We are here with a special guest. This is actually exciting because we're all in one place doing a podcast. It is. We're not on Zoom. We're back in a studio
1: in Providence, Rhode Island.
0: We're at the What Chair Studio after two years away, and we're with Kimberly Smith, um, New Zealand star distance runner. Uh, You you all remember Kim from her four NCAA titles, her three Olympic teams for New Zealand. <laughs> Kim's getting red, um, and she has all of the New Zealand records still, from the indoor mile to the outdoor marathon.
1: Yeah, and just to give a good bit of context, she got four titles in one one season, one and a half, one and a half seasons. Thanks, Kim.
0: Yes, <laughs> Kim ran fourteen thirty nine five kpd indoors pre super shoes, so that's, that's
1: solo effort at the Armory.
0: That's one of the legendary performances. There's more than that one, but
1: yes. And for a while you had the land, or like, what's it? Not the land record, soils. The soils. <laughs> the soil, The yeah. of the half marathon in the US, right? Yes, yeah, very prestigious. <laughs> what
3: was that? <laughs> no. Um, is that your PV? It's my PV. Yeah, so 107, I think, is, um, something. 107 low. I think. Low, yeah, I yeah. can't remember. And that's, um when did
0: you graduate from PC? 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah. Next. Welcome Kim Smith. I know she's a good friend of ours, so yeah. this feels a bit funny, but
1: <laughs> you yeah. have to take us two years to get her to come yeah, in. Yeah,
0: we had to twist her arm and she finally came and did our podcast. Um
1: Thank there could be some neck pulling going on <laughs> here. I feel very pressured. <laughs> <laughs> we but might have dragged her in here. We yeah. did. Yeah, but Kim, a little
0: bit. Kim should do a full interview. We, um, I talked about Kim a little bit in some of my interviews for how she did a book as being such a good role model for all of us in Providence. You were killing it when I got here. And so it was good to see how you take care of yourself and how you recover and how you ate well and how you approached workouts. And so we just want Kim to talk about it from her own mouth. <laughs> we'll start at the beginning for people that that need some background.
3: Yeah. So Kim, where did you grow up? I Grew up in Auckland, New Zealand. Um,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get into running? Um, yeah, I wasn't very good at sports growing up. Um, couldn't really throw or kick or catch so but when I first uh did my first cross-country race in school when everyone has to participate it was something that just seemed to come naturally um more than anything else so um yeah I kind of got into it that way. Did you win your first race? I mean it was like a school wide primary school cross-country race so I did um and it just it felt easy and it kind of Got into it from there. Did you join a club then? Or? No, not for a good few years after that. But um, when I was probably about 14, I think I joined a running club. Okay. Um, so you weren't really doing any, like, organized sports? I did you? other sports. Oh. I just wasn't particularly good at those other sports. But, um, yeah, I got in, then I got into running when I was about in high school. Oh, excellent.
1: And how good were you when you were, like, started as, you know, 14-year-old?
3: Um, no, I think, I, I mean, I wasn't anything on like a Molly level when she was a 14-year-old probably, but um, I ran, I think I ran the 800. I thought I was an 800-meter runner until I was in college, basically, until I was a freshman in college. I thought I was an 800 and 1500-meter runner. Um, what kind of times were you running? To- I think I, the first year I did it, I ran 214, but wow. without really actually training but then you know, you go through those years of um when you're a teenager and it kind of I got slower for and started training a little bit, but um and it wasn't until I was kind of into my went it would have been my sophomore year type thing of college that I kind of started running. Training properly. Well, even running more yeah, running better.
1: Oh wow. So you didn't you weren't really doing a lot of mileage as a teenager or doing like
3: too serious? I was probably probably ran twenty to thirty miles a week I would say. Okay. But yeah, that's good.
0: Um who like who were your influences and coaches back home before you came to the US?
3: Um I started training with someone from my running club for a while. And then, when I was in my second to last year of high school, I switched high schools and um, and started getting coached by my high school co- uh, a high, my high school coach. He had coached Hay- Hamish, who yeah. came to PC, and that's how I ended up there um, a couple of years later. After that, but um,
0: yeah, how did you end up coming to? Like, did you know you wanted to come for a scholarship, or was it?
3: Yeah, I guess I. Um, I wanted, I never dreamed of like going to the Olympics or being a professional runner. That was just not where I was Um, in, I don't know, um, as a runner at that age. But I did decide I wanted to go to the US to college and um, a friend of mine was at McNeese State University and... They started recruiting me, so they were the only college that recruited me. So, I said yes and went. Um, It was, and that's in Louisiana. Louisiana. It was, um, yeah. I mean, I was had just turned eighteen. I think I was a little out of my depth. I went. I didn't even know people ran twice a day, so I did learn a lot. But I decided to go home afterwards. Uh, after a year, mm-hmm. it just wasn't a great fit. I didn't um, love Louisiana. <laughs> I didn't love Louisiana. Um, yeah, it was very different than obviously New Zealand and um, like homesick or just the, the uh, yeah a little bit of that and then the culture the, Shocker. The, yeah, it was a little culture shock. It was mm.
0: steamy.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: But what um, was the team like there as well? Was it the co- team culture that was... Was it just the I American mean, culture was, or the team culture? It was
3: actually a lot of... Um, there was Irish girls, English girls. There's another New Zealand girl, but a couple of New Zealand girls. But, um, yeah, it was just... I just never really focused on running, so that was um, just... A, I don't know. I just wasn't ready for that, I don't think. And... But then when I went home, I got really into running again. I got, I started training harder. I think it taught me a lot about running. I didn't Mm. realize, you know, I started running more than, you know, 20 or 30 miles a week. I started running quite a lot and I improved a lot. And every time, you know, it was motivating to improve in that way. So it kind of made me want to run more. Mm-hmm. And my times dropped.
1: From what to what do you say?
3: Well, I was, you know, when I was over there, I was running like two twenty eight hundreds. So I was just in at, in Louisiana. But I dropped my fifteen hundred time a bit that year to about maybe I don't know four thirty some low, maybe mm-hmm. maybe even slower than that. But um, I ran my first three k think maybe that was my yeah one of my last track races over there I ran a I think I ran 10 close to 10 minutes not not under 10 minutes but I thought that was really good yeah yeah. and uh I decided then that I that that I was going to do longer distances Mm. so that kind of kicked off that I started training more um, I started training with a friend of mine back when I went home and doing longer workouts and it just suited me a lot and yeah, my time, I got my my 5k down to 1620 and then I started getting people recruiting me again, um, to go back to the US. Um, I went, I qualified for the World Cross, our World Cross Country team, which was huge for me at the time. It was. Uh, I never thought I would be doing that, and I met Hamish Thorpe, who ran at PC, and he introduced me to Ray. Ray was recruiting another girl on the team, Fiona, and I asked him if he would give me a scholarship instead. <laughs> he gave us both one in the end. Um, she was an All-American too, um, but yeah, and that's kind of how that yeah. ended up. Excellent. Were you on
1: the junior world class team at that point or was it the No, seniors? it was a
3: senior. I would i You just made a senior just turned um, wow. maybe twenty or 19 So
1: you were like running as a middle distance runner in the first in McNeese. I didn't realise yeah. that.
3: Yeah, I was coached by the eight hundred metre coach.
1: Yeah. Um that's cool. And then you asked Ray for scholarship Yeah. yeah. So I was
0: how is PC different? Like, what was your first year like? I know we didn't see you for a while, but we heard about... Over at Notre Dame, we heard about the workouts. <laughs> they would,
3: like, trickle yeah. over to
1: us, but we, you hadn't raised yet. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you had to do the sit-out. I
3: year. had to sit-out yeah. a year um, due to being a double-transfer student because mm-hmm. I had transferred to um, university in New Zealand. Um, But, yeah, that was probably a good thing. I, I just trained. Um, I remember going my first semester to PC and running with Row a lot. It kind of was a shock to the system. I'd never, I don't think I'd ever done a tempo run before. Um, and I never really worked out hard. I used to run a lot, but not, I don't think I was working out particularly hard. So having people to run with, like Row was huge. And um, Mary and, um, yeah, so that kind of elevated my, performance a lot and yeah my times started going down it was a much easier transition I liked the the team a lot um like the friends I made on the team obviously still friends with some of them now and
4: uh just about yeah
3: (laughs) but uh yeah it was it was yeah just I liked I loved it from the start
1: Yeah, I remember
3: Kim meeting Kim in the
1: office, in Ray's office, and (laughs) you were so quiet. She was so quiet. uh, Anyone knows Kim? She can be quiet, then she can be not quiet. And she was so quiet. I thought, oh, okay, I don't know how to talk to this girl. She's so quiet. But she was like chowing into like a birthday cake or something. And we we're all like, who is this girl? You know, and um, it was
0: someone else's
1: birthday cake. You no, know, I think it was mine or something. <laughs> and then we went out in Boston and like, it was just, I was like, oh, okay, this girl is fun. I don't know. And then, yeah, it was like, oh, this girl is hardcore. I love it. Um. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just some woman, because you. Ju- you I remember you jumped into all the training and then you even had an injury, but then you were like, took your rest, you didn't even do it, you, didn't you have an injury after a few weeks? I, yeah, it was my first real injury, I got a stress fracture. Yeah, and you just like stopped for six weeks, you just did nothing, didn't you? And you just enjoyed being in college.
3: Yes. And then you came back
1: <laughs> after that and started like running, like uh, unattached races, yeah. boom. Like, crazy times, like, professional-level times. And we were just like, oh, snaps!" <laughs> <laughs> and then the next term you came back, you actually had eligibility. Uh, I think I was, yeah. do- I was done, but, like, yeah. that was the start of your, like, unbelievable NCAA career, just, like, record after record after title after title. Did you win the NCAAs
3: that year? No. I, my first semester racing for PC was cross-country. So Shillane won, and I got second. Um, and then the next track season, I won the... Did you win indoor? Indoor 3K the and 5K, season? yeah.
1: Okay. And records, what were the times you ran in college again? You rewrote the books. but There were NCAA records, weren't
3: they? Yeah. Um, yeah, the 5K and the 3K indoors yeah. and the 5K outdoors, I think.
1: Actually, sorry to just go back to that one. I remember when you got back from New Zealand that Christmas or one of the Christmases, You, you there was no food available or something. You had like all these like chicken wings or something from the cafeteria because there was a Christmas break. And um, I mean, the next day, <laughs> the next day you went over to the Brown Invite and like just like soloed like nine flat or something in the 3K. And we were all just like, What?
3: <laughs> and then that was just the start wasn't it We're yeah like... it was that was a really fun season just because it was so unexpected I went home for Christmas I was just training normally and then nothing to indicate that how fit I was and I remember Ray saying just I'd just got off the plane the day before and he was like well you can just do the brown invite for like numbers.'" We need the numbers, so he was like, "Just go out and run the biggies qualifying time or <laughs> something." I ran to run nine thirty or something, and then I like crossed the line. I was like, "Oh, how did I? Did I really just do that? Did I miss a lap?" But I think that's still their like facility record.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Was, <laughs> it, was it was it nine flat or something? Ran that? I think it was like nine or something. Yeah, but it, it was, was like shocked me, it was and then yeah. then the next week I went to BU I think and ran I. I I think I was a second off um, Sonia O'Sullivan's 5K rec- indoor record at that time. And I was, yeah, it was, it was just a fun season. It was shocking all around. And I think everyone was shocked. <laughs>
0: yeah. You always come back from New Zealand really fit, though. Like your whole career, we've, I feel like you'd go home, train, and then, so like, would you, do you have like really good roots or hard roots at back at home or like? No, just, <laughs> good I think like, it's
3: just the weather being nice yeah. and, you know, getting that sunshine and.
0: Yeah, it's like when we go somewhere warm. To yeah, you it just, was just like
3: yeah. having a training camp for a month yeah. off school. And... and then did you love indoors as well though? I did love indoors mm. too. It was like, you didn't have to worry about wind and yeah, I didn't, I don't know. People talk about, like, the BU track being fast, but I actually think it's the same as any other indoor track. I just think they're all fast. But, yeah, that's just because I like indoor tracks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And some crazy times, like, you're not, you didn't do any miles or, like, 800s with your Providence College, except one. Yeah. (laughs) You did one
3: mile indoors. What did you run? I think it was four. 30. I think it was 420. Something. No, no, it was
0: 430. Was, as a pro, I remember
1: you ran 424. Yeah, that so was different. Oh, that different. was a pro. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought of, for some reason I thought that was uh, when you were Providence. You no, no. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a lot. I remember we were in Florida training and you came back down and you were like, I'm so sore. <laughs> <laughs> like, My legs
0: are so sore. <laughs> yeah. We were like,
1: no, oh, that's why. Yeah. So some of your indoor records, just to, like, so you had like a 424. Um, fourteen thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Just unreal. This is pre Super Shoes like era. Um, and what about the three k? Eight
3: thirty, for indoors. Yeah, I don't know what it would be eight. indoors. I don't think it was.
1: But like pretty like under like eight forties. Anyways, was it 830s Eight forty? something
3: maybe. I don't so, know.
1: From two twenty guys <laughs> yeah. freshman to yeah, four twenty four is you know, first year pro or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. That's I think my eight
3: hundred PR is in that mile now, so the mile that I ran. So <laughs> I think it was like I think I went through in two two eleven or something and that's my okay. still my PR.
0: <laughs> and then professionally you got even better and better like every year, which I think is the career people want to have. So like um what did you do differently or did you not do anything differently? Which I think some people need to hear that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think just being consistent, I stayed my I, I stayed with my coach the entire from when I was twenty years old to you know, when I retired, I had the same coach. Um we worked very well together. We have a lot of the same, you know, um philosophies and training i really believed in him he he is very obviously even keeled and not wanting to try different strange things and i think that worked for me um just having someone so similar to me in how i do things that um it worked really well yeah nothing not changing much keeping things the same um And just improving every year that way by being consistent, not getting injured Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, Yeah. And can
1: I just say there, like, you know, for people who are listening, that Kim was amazing at... You know, we'd be like, oh, I read this thing about so-and-so does this crazy exercise. And come like, I don't care. I'm just going to do my <laughs> yeah. mild. I'm like, oh, I have to eat this thing. No, I don't care. Yeah, and like, then, oh, I need to do this recovery. No, you know." That which is <laughs> unusual. Like, when you're
4: a young athlete
0: and you're just like, oh, I want to be good. I'm going to read all these one percenter, like, crazy yeah. tricks. Like, oh, I need to eat have beet juice oh I need to like start throwing med balls for an hour a day in terms just like get your run in recover like yeah (laughs) exactly it was like important to see that like
1: yeah see it working yeah and then we were always like how did you not like fall into that or like you could observe that kind of crazy in other people but like how did you not like fall victim to that like oh the next bright shiny object that somebody has to try and You know, what was it about, you know, from your perspective, when you see people do that, kind of get lost with those little shiny things or those one percenters, like Molly was saying?
0: Yeah, because you focused on, like, the 90%. Yeah, (laughs) the... Some people just, for whatever reason, they get bored with it or something. I don't know what happens.
3: Yeah, what do you think, Kim? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that's my personality to just not fall into that anyway, but... um, yeah, I fully believed in what Ray was doing. And I think, it. I mean, it helped that I was improving every year. Maybe if I didn't, it would be easier to fall into those. What do I have to do differently? You see people, sometimes people bouncing around coaches and you just think, you know, you I can just see them, you know, you see they're searching for something. But, like, I don't know, you have to mm-hmm. – it worked for me, so I – I didn't think I needed to change much I was a big believer in resting um, and recovering after my runs and I think that helped in my career as well um, to not be running around and doing all these other extra things. I
0: remember um, I have to say I remember thinking you were like lazy (laughs) (laughs) but then after I, I quickly was like well she's kicking my butt so I'll try to be lazy but it's not it's like respecting the rest yeah I mean it's
3: a part of being a professional athlete I think Mm -hmm. and I I do think a lot of young people do too much and um, fall into that trap a lot of people in general um, but yeah I don't know this like have to be productive at
1: all times and you're like no rest is productive right you were able to hold that line of like like, oh I have to do yoga to recover to stretch like this you know this routine for no Kim's like no I'm reading a book okay and yeah, that's yeah. my recovery I'm like yeah
0: respecting how hard it is what you're trying to do like, yeah, like yeah. oh I'm trying to do this big thing so mm-hmm. I'll do that yeah. and now all yeah. these other little things too which I would I remember I used to try and do like a thousand things Yeah, <laughs> and I would just be like Kim your couch has a little Kim shape it really do <you> does <laughs> yeah
1: really it, did it was so I, when like you know I'm not like that I, I'm i like more like you Molly in that way and like when you actually hung out with Kim or like spent time in a training camp and you're like now we rest, and like it was like you needed to, your whole nervous system was like, oh, this is a, this is cool, and then you go back to run, you're like, I feel energized, and like so like it really worked. After a couple of weeks, yeah. you're like, I feel great, oh, and yeah. like
0: that's why my first like two weeks out of college. When I went over to Europe and was hanging out with you guys, I didn't change any workouts, but I PR'd and everything because we were just like resting between them.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: so yeah. I was
0: like, oh,
1: this is what Rest it is productive. I'm like- yeah. slowing, yeah. slowing you down. <laughs> Readable.
3: Readable, Yeah. I mean, I, I, being around Amy Rudolph, she mm-hmm. was pretty good at um, doing all those th- things that were like rest, you know, resting yeah. and. Yeah. She was a good model for that. She was a good role model as well. I think that was helpful to have her um so yeah which
0: sometimes i think too like it's like going all in and not being afraid to rest is i feel like sometimes it's a defense mechanism when people do all the other things Mm because they're like well i have an excuse to be like if Mm -hmm. the running doesn't work it's yeah i was doing this this and this and like you and amy were just like we're pros
3: yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, tell yeah. we've talked about this before, Kim. You can talk to this, like, when people say to you, or people say, oh, you know, I could be really good if I just ran or whatever. Yeah. But then they don't make that commitment.
3: Yeah. So then I mean, they,
1: like, it's so much easier to say than execute on, right? And that goes
0: <laughs> yeah. for anything. You're trying to be, like, 1% in the world at, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's what I was doing with my life at the time, and I went all in. And, um, yeah, I didn't feel the need to be trying to do a million other things because I wanted to be the best that I could be. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, that's how, what I had to do yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when people say that to you, though, you know, that you know they people yeah. said it to you over the years. What, what what do you feel about that? I don't know, I just
3: <laughs> Basically ignore them. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You got the rewards you needed, three time Olympian, all these NCAA I mean records till Emily Sisson broke one, right? Yeah. And then yeah. um, New Zealand records and um, sponsorships with Reebok over the years, New Balance. Yeah. Yeah, some great, great races. What, what are some of your favorite races that, like, you know, it doesn't have to be always your PR races, but, like, within college or professionally, any ones that stand out to you?
3: I think probably my favorite season of running was that season in college where it was such a shock. It's always, you know, you, I didn't have any expectations, yeah. and that's always nice to not have mm-hmm. expectations on yourself um, mm-hmm. and to just run fast without even thinking about it. And then as I got older, obviously, those self expectations grow and it becomes harder and more stressful. And But Mm -hmm. back then it was just so much fun. We'd go out, run fast, then go out at night (laughs) and have fun. And it was like, yeah, those were just Fun days of, yeah, where you didn't have to think about so much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the expectations become, like, a big stressor for people. And it's like, you know, people discover these PRs and they've run no expectations. But then all of a sudden, now that you're on the other side of that PR, it's hard not to have those expectations,
3: really. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you just put so much pressure on yourself. No one else is putting the pressure on you, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel it yourself. And then as you get to a professional level, it gets even worse with you know worrying about sponsorships and contracts and mm-hmm. but and there's a whole nother side of that now that I didn't have to deal with with the whole social media side of it I yeah I'm just mm. really glad I didn't have to deal with that but yeah it just feels like there's even As more part pressure of the job description it wasn't yeah, a thing. It just wasn't yeah. a thing when I was running professionally but yeah I feel like it puts places even more pressure and Yeah. How did you deal
1: with the pressure, though, Kim, as a high performance athlete yourself?
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I I didn't. I remember I do remember going to my first um, professional race, maybe in Europe, my first year. And I'd run 1450 indoors on my own and thought, oh, this is going to be great. And then I went to Rome and I remember I had a bad race. I was like, you know, I was so, so used to, from being in college, being in the front of races, and then all of a sudden I'm not. And that was kind of a scary thing, and I had to learn from that race. I remember crying on the phone to Ray, and and then just him being like, you just need to go out and run race again and get used to it, and mm-hmm. that's what I did. And, and the next race went a lot better because I kind of tried to put less pressure on. So that season was like a big learning experience mm-hmm. of yeah I'm not going to win anymore that, that, that's over <laughs> and just compete and then you know a, a couple of years later I was able to you know stay up more up the front in races and races mm-hmm. and those diamond le- golden I think they've got golden galas in those days but um yeah those the my mindset had to change and mm-hmm. feeling that pressure it was d- a different kind of pressure but um, yeah. Yeah. You adjusted. Yeah. You kind of have to adjust. Yeah. It can be so hard, I think, for a young professional.
1: Yeah, that transition again. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy. So stick with it, people. Okay. <laughs> All the transitions are hard. Yeah. All of them, Our yeah. School,
0: every time you do a transition, it's like, whoa, everything's different.
1: Mm,
3: yeah. I'm different. not the best anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to get used to it.
1: And yet, you finished. What were some of your top performances in the global stage? You were. No Osaka was an interesting Os-
3: one, wasn't it? Well, it was fifth at the time. Fifth at the time, but now have been upgraded to fourth in that race, and then the Olympic the, mm-hmm. in two thousand and eight. I don't even know exactly where I placed now. Um, yeah, just the the retroactive the
1: upgrades
3: upgrades are like so confusing and yeah difficult to wrap your head around just because you're just like yeah just be nice to know we actually finish in a race um well when you were competing
0: yeah. a lot of the russian athletes were doing, yeah just now they're not really in the distance well they're not really allowed at the meet in most mm-hmm. events but mm-hmm. quite it's kind of just Yorks knowing yeah like, it was in the roads it was on the track You had quite a few upgrades <laughs> right
3: you just kind of knew you knew at the time that yeah it it wasn't right but, yeah. you, I mean, you can't say anything. You don't mm. know for sure, but you pretty much suspect that yeah. that was happening. Um, so it, it's great that they did get caught in the end, but... Also disappointing that they couldn't have just got caught at the time, but that's just.
0: And there's still people out there, of course. Of course,
3: yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It just changes the dynamic
1: of the races as well, doesn't it? Yeah, who knows what will happen. And like how the race plays out, so even these retroactive oh yeah, yeah upgrades just. But I feel
0: like you never like that. Sometimes that can cause people to like overtrain and overreach, and like you never kind of took that bait of like oh, I need to beat them some way. The, mm-hmm. the, I, I obviously would never do drugs, so, like... Yeah, I mean, you just have to kind of... Like, how did that... What did you think? Like, how did you...
3: You just kind of have to do it that. for yourself and mm-hmm. no not, no one else and
4: yeah,
3: be the best you can, you can be. You can't control what anyone else is doing. You can only control what you're doing and be the best yeah. person that you can... Runner that you can be, so...
0: Just personal goals. Yeah, than, yeah. Uh,
3: that's what I... Yeah. You didn't feel took the, it as. the
0: metal pressure and all that stuff.
3: I mean, you do, but also you just, you know, you can't overdo things either, yeah. and that will just backfire in the end. So. 100%. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that, that kind of being proud of your own effort, and I think Ray is a great um, coach for that as well. Like, I remember being at World Championships and stuff where you'd be, like, fifth or sixth or something, and Ray would be, like, that's amazing, and, like, we're, yeah. like, so happy and celebrating it, Um knowing that potentially there was a couple of athletes ahead of you that were, like, um, most likely. I think
3: having a training group that was very, I don't know, we were a close-knit group that supported each other and, you know, were happy for each other and tried to build each other up rather than, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and having a coach that was like that, it was... Yeah. A unique experience, I think, and I was very lucky to have you guys and have Ray and everyone else that we trained with that yeah. kind of supported each other so much. And Yeah. We were, at, we were all good friends and got on so well that um, yeah. it was just a fun time.
0: It was a rare setup, I realize, when I talk to other athletes or, mm-hmm. like, people looking for groups or people who haven't had good experiences in groups. I'm like, whoa, like yeah well we had like of course no setup is perfect but like it was like we had yeah a good person coaching us who knew what he was doing yeah we had some of the best athletes in the world in one city which i feel like we didn't get much attention because international pre-internet right. days but i'm like this was like a pretty yeah good it was, place to thrive as a distance yeah. runner and i feel like that it was you know Rhode Island people just kind of overlooked it a little bit but yeah, yeah, yeah in writing
1: the book I was like wow we had a lot of important like things checked off for doing well yeah <laughs> yeah it was and it also we didn't fall a, like we didn't fall into a trap of like win at all costs mentality that's right. in the no. culture that's in other groups and like I think Ray was so even-keeled and could see he had such perspective like mm. his brother winning an Olympic medal right. and knew what high performance is about but also not like Fallen like into like this is everything, either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was always saying, like, so grounded every time you call him, that's he's just, like want, so steady. I feel
0: like that's what you want in a coach. You want, yeah, you know, you're the athlete, so you're going to be bouncing all over the place, like highs and lows. You want your coach to just be like, it's okay, solid, yeah. <laughs>
1: good, grounded, good job, good job, yeah. good job, <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> Talking about your a if you listen. <laughs> um, yeah, good time, yeah, <laughs> and I was just
3: so much I, it was fun yeah. we had such yeah. a good laugh going around europe yeah, together well, and like
0: too, that it's fun it was like, so much fun yeah that there's time to like because i've heard athletes complain too like i'm lonely there's no one to yeah. hang out with in europe and it's like oh i'm so glad that we were all just kind of like hopping off in between i mean I yeah it's
3: <laughs> so much fun yeah so
1: important yeah i
0: mean there's times where it's business but like yeah there used mm-hmm. to be some time where it's fun
1: yeah 100% yeah so it's so hard and it's not But I am not have to yeah. do it yeah I don't know either
0: I think you ha- I don't think it's possible it's not sustainable.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: um so Kim now um what's your what's running what is the role of running in your life now and can you talk a little bit about like some of the um coaching and mentorship you've done over the last few I've
3: years I've done a little a little coaching mostly i'm um, yeah a little um, mostly i um, busy with children i kind of went all in on that as well so um which
0: that was good for me to watch to see how yeah. the both of you Kim's
1: yeah. Kim's a zen master and she doesn't even realize it yeah, <laughs> like one thing one the thing one thing i have to read books about it every yeah. year one thing kim's like yeah
3: one thing one yeah one thing very well yeah. but i have enjoyed working with some high school girls um. Yeah, and like, see, I've been, I've have done some running with Sophia Gorarian Really yes. hard to We've pronounce her name. And
0: lighting up the high
3: school. Y- yeah, um, that was fun to like. It's been fun to watch her run and run so well. And um, you know her her parents wanted her to um kind of have a mentor and. Um, someone to chat to about running um outside of them, and um someone that had been through it and yeah, so it's good to she has a very healthy mindset and um it's exciting to kind of watch and I'm excited to see what she does in the future being a two minute 800 meter runner yeah, really. is kind of mind blowing to me. To
0: high school girls in the eight are just like lighting it up. Yeah, it's so exciting.
3: Yeah, it's kind of funny to see. And I used we, to race like against um Roisin's the ad- yeah, yeah, Roisin Willis is um who's her big rival. Um, Small her, her her mother when I was sitting out a year. Um, I raced against her a few times. And yeah, it's really? crazy to see. That's Funny. great. Do you like you kind know, of talking to younger kids? Like having,
1: like, you've got this, like, all this experience and knowledge now, and like to have,
3: you know, be able to pass it on to somebody or to, like, yeah. kind of share. I mean, just... Sometimes you see these young girls, and um, you do want to, like, you know, pass on some. <laughs> advice because you're just like you can see them doing well or you can see them doing things wrong and it's like Mm -hmm. I think it's important yeah for that and Mm -hmm. luckily there's a lot of information now about what is healthy and what is not and yeah I think young girls it's it's probably you know the whole internet you know you can see more of what works and what doesn't for you know young girls and Yeah. Being healthy and, but.
1: Yeah. And uh, if if I'm not right, mistaken, you've kind of seen when you were um, at McNeese and then through the years, like you've seen um, unhealthy kind of eating styles and things like that from, or just, you know, actually um, eating disorders a lot in running. And yet you have, like, been one of the healthiest athletes Molly and I have ever been around in regards to eating, and yet it still kind of comes back, you know, you see that a lot, full, athletes falling into that trap. And, you know, what's that been like from your experience to kind of observe that in our in your sport,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, you just, it's just not something that you can do and be successful with. Um, I think you, it stops people at a either a high school or college level and they, you just can't do that and make it to a professional level you have to be have your period you have to eat well you have to have all those things and um all those people just get injured and sick and all that so um it's just unsustainable and yeah you kind of see some Mm -hmm. people and you want to shake them and be like you know you need to be healthier but you it's yeah Mm-hmm. short-term gains for...
0: I think people are surprised when they're around you to see how... Or at least, like, when I first came to Providence, I was like, oh, wow, Kim will just, you know, eat a rack of ribs or eat... <laughs> she eats a lot of protein, like, she eats, like... A, a mountain in, of dinner. In my head, what was, like, <laughs> she eats like a man, but, like, she yes. <laughs> ate, like, a professional athlete, and I just I hadn't seen that done correctly before. So, like, why, like, did you face people judging you for what you looked like versus yeah, I how mean, you actually
3: acted? Yeah, that was always frustrating to me that if, I, I mean, I, I don't put on muscle very easily. I mean, I didn't really go to the gym a lot either, I have to say. Um, I might have been Kim's one week Ever?
0: ever. you yeah. ever go to the gym? Kim? Uh, I trying to show you some gym routines and you just sat on a bouncy ball and then went home.
3: <laughs> yeah. I like to run but and I that mean, was it. But anyway, simple. yeah, it was not – I I I feel like I always got judged for being super thin, but it was more that I was this. I probably had the same amount of body fat as other runners. I just didn't have much muscle to go with it. Um, but yeah, I always I never missed my period, other than when I was pregnant. So in <laughs> my entire life, so um, there hasn't been a month that I had without. Other than being pregnant. so And
1: that's a huge indicator of like your body adapting well to training energy for anyone levels. who's like,
3: yeah,
1: curious what you mentioned in that. Yeah, it's a good indicator that like you're within your energy stores and like the yeah. red, red, you're not suffering not from that. I think not necessarily
3: what you look like, but how much you're actually eating, which mm-hmm. I remember having conversations over the years with even other professional runners and them saying they didn't get their period and being like, well, I, and uh, me saying, I think that's—I, I mean, I, I do, and I think that's really important. Um, yeah. for a woman runner, it's the number one thing. I would ask a high school girl if if they are healthy, that then that means they, um, yeah. have their period, and I think a um, marker of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great marker, and um, but yeah, I, I know other the another runner. I feel like is in the same kind of boat that you see is a alish is that how you say yeah, that yeah. It? Uh, you i've i've seen on her say befo- i've heard her say before that people judge her for f- thin. being thin mm-hmm. but she's she eat, she's healthy it's just she I, I i think we had a similar body type but her Legs are a lot longer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I saw her as like a 12 or 13 year old. And I was like, I have never seen legs like that. <laughs> they mm-hmm, were yeah. up, to yeah. my he- up to my head and I
3: was like a full grown. There's extreme body
1: types in oh, oh, yeah. the you know? Yes, there is. But there's,
3: there's all different kinds of body types that can be good. You guys
0: yes, obviously. Yeah, But you just definitely get judged for
3: that, which I found, always found unfair because I,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I, I, and no matter what you say, people won't believe you, but you just didn't like, I actually... I actually eat quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah,
0: and improving every year and having longevity and few injuries. For like yes, over a decade, I think you can't have an eating no. disorder and have that happen. So I think it's yeah. almost proof that you were
3: yeah very yeah.
0: healthy. Um, and people know. don't
1: really like maybe don't aren't aware that like you know it's kind of body shaming when people judge you for that as well. Like yeah. it, and it, it, we've spoken about this, but like you said, that started nearly probably when, when a, I was eleven, yeah. when I was in
3: middle school. People, you yeah. know.
1: What was your first experience? I remember that? a teacher
3: yeah. asking my brother, a twin brother, if I ate, ate in front of his class and being, like, devastated mm. or, like, yeah you know.
1: So upsetting for you. Yeah. Like As a teenager,
3: is... especially, you know, you're just, you're you don't want to look like a scrawny yeah. <laughs> child, which I've always kind of looked like, but it was just the way that I, my older brother is the, is the same way. He, yeah. like, goes to the gym a lot, so he doesn't have look as much like that but he's still got skinnier legs than me like when genetic. I was running so it's just yeah. like a, yeah. you know yeah just a genetic thing that
1: yeah and people are maybe not help. sensitive to that like you know we're kind of in the culture now where like we don't want to body shame people for their body sizes but like it's it still seems like I don't know people couldn't say that about you and like just throw that around like a, a comment, off, like it's off, okay off, offhanded, off-handed comment. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: it's okay if you're too thin to say something, but just yeah. the other wouldn't really, it's all extremes. Yeah. It's still aren't. hurtful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's still hurtful. Especially because
0: you are so healthy. So it's kind yeah. of like.
3: It's just frustrating. You're actually quite
0: yeah. a good role model for that. <laughs> you, you, it's yeah. frustrating yeah. if someone assumes that you're
1: not. And you're put in like this kind of, you're judged or you're like put yeah. in this kind of box that you don't actually belong in at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so people need to be careful about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and Kim, just on the other side of that, and um, you've been in the sport from New Zealand around the same time as Valerie Adams, mm-hmm. who's a legend in the shot put. Um and you guys have been friends since you were kids, right?
3: Or- yeah, I've no, she was in my running my athletic club since when I remember her coming as a fourteen year old. She had like thrown a shot put at like a school meet. We were both from South Auckland. Um and Somebody told her to come and join our club, and she just kind of like threw the shot put and threw it really far. And like <laughs> she was six feet tall, or what even more than that. At fourteen, nobody believed she was fourteen. Um, she was this little quiet little mouse of a child. She was a couple of years, two maybe two years younger than me. So, um, and then now she's definitely not a quiet little mouse of a child. <laughs> but like, so funny to see the change in her yeah, and
0: suddenly her size is her like superpower oh yeah so
3: you... I remember being on a plane with her coming back from some meet, race this was when we were older and she was like a world champion I think it was maybe world indoors and she just won <laughs> and somebody some man on the plane just staring at her and her just looking at him and going, What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> and he just cowered in his seat. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah Which she, she
0: probably always wanted to say, but didn't have to Oh, the yeah. She was now, she's, now. yeah. The,
3: the, it definitely gave it the, the but, sport gave her the confidence to like, yeah. you know, own that body and like. But
1: you were saying like in the contrast to that was like when you were little going to in meets together and people are like not believing. Oh, yeah. Her no, her that, and then, and yeah. Looking,
3: when we were younger, no, but I remember her having to. Remember going to a meet in Scotland actually, and her having to bring her passport because nobody believed that she was fourteen. Mm-hmm.
1: And the two, you know, so there you are—you are you're like kind of genetically like complete opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum, yeah. and yet you know both kind of experiencing body shaming around that. You know what I mean? And and yeah. just recognizing that, you know, it's nice that yeah. you've been able to be friends um, ever since. Yeah. And yeah. rose to the top of your sport, I which is amazing. I, I loved
0: following Valerie's career. We'd love to have her on the show. Yeah. Kim, ask, ask her to be on yeah. there. You? <laughs> give her, give her a call. <laughs> Get your buddy on there. She's one of our favorites.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um one thing, you know, we'd love to you just to share if it's okay. Um, you experience some um pulmonary pulmonary embolisms at the near the end of your career, or when do they come in your career? Um, one was
3: probably at the beginning of my professional. Class. I was okay. twenty two. Oh, that's right. I think. And then okay. the other one was after I had my first child.
1: Okay, yeah. And so, so yeah, you—that's right. You were only twenty two. And how long did it take you to recover from that?
3: Um, actually, not as long as I thought it was going to be. They weren't sure if I was ever going to be able to run at the same level again, um, which was devastating at twenty two. To. Yeah. Just starting that, your career? Yeah, I was just, I'd just signed a contract with Reebok. I had um, gone home and to do a race and I'd um, partially torn my Achilles. I think I was getting, trying to get ready for the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in 2006, maybe. And it might have been 23, or I don't remember. But um, yeah, and then I. St- so the tear, like, actually caused I don't know. I, they don't really know. I was on a birth control pill that was actually taken off the market every, it, in the US, but not in New Zealand at the time for causing, mm. um, for having blood clotting. Um, Side effects. Yeah, it was like a th- third generation pill or something that they took off. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but they think that that was what the cause was, but I didn't actually fail any of the markers that they knew with the genetic um, genetic tests so in the end after a couple of years they took me off the medication because they were like oh you should be fine but something got kind of like lost with it happened in New Zealand and then I got then I was having a baby here and they didn't realise the extent of the pulmonary embolism that I had in New Zealand, it was many um, clots on both sides of my lungs, so I kind of didn't. I don't think. How I, many do you know? No, they were just everywhere. And like, wow.
0: how can you tell people how you knew you
3: had it? In case I they... just, um, yeah, it was. They said it's kind of strange because I didn't have it anywhere. I didn't have like a DVT in my legs or anything, so it just was. In my lungs, and they just—I just stopped being able to breathe properly. So then,
0: like while you're running, or like in daily life, even was it? I wasn't
3: running at the time because of my oh, right. tear, but yeah, I just couldn't even walk basically mm-hmm. without um, having major shortness of breath. So I,
0: which you as an athlete must have been like, "What is wrong?" I
3: just kind of ignored it for a long time because I'm which pretty you, good about doing that. Yeah. that ignored it yeah. At first. <laughs> yeah, pretty good at doing that. Um, so then. By the and then I remember walking up the street in Auckland trying to get I think I was getting a visa or something and I just I had to stop in McDonald's and go and lie on the seats and I remember mm. thinking hmm this is <laughs> this this might be a bad idea so I went to the doctor and then the doctor sent me to the hospital and yeah it was actually so dangerous yes very dangerous yeah. but um yeah I should have then the second time it happened I was after i had my daughter violet and i was it was about a month after that i was walking up the road to the bakery up the road and i was like oh this doesn't feel quite right but um and then i met some friends for lunch and i remember walking with my friend mary and she was like you sure you're okay because <laughs> I just couldn't you that, breathe you had a weird cough a cough yeah, yeah I, I had a weird cough
0: remember you doing this
3: weird cough and we were like what and quite like like anxiety as well didn't you remember well it? yeah then I was like oh maybe I had anxiety and I could but I wasn't also wasn't sleeping at the time you just had baby. Yeah, yeah so it was like I didn't really know And but then that day that I met you were you there maybe I two was months? there because I remember
0: your cough now. yeah that's a, you're coughing every like five sports you're like yeah just like a little dry cough which yeah is a sign, I guess. and
3: then the whole I couldn't take a deep breath and when I said I felt that before but I was kind of also maybe ignoring it, <laughs> that it back would, yeah yeah there's then, a lot of other
1: things attributed to like you just had a baby you just yeah. had like a c-section yeah. right so there was like yeah. you weren't sure is this normal is this part of yeah. the
3: recovery you kind of just think that that's how you should it's normal to feel that bad after a baby Mm. but it wasn't and yeah yeah, then I my doctor told me to come into the hospital and then they were just like it's probably nothing and then it was the same thing a lot on both sides of my lungs and so they ended up yeah transferring me to a hospital in Boston luckily being in Providence you're right near the best hospitals in the world so that helped and um it it was fine in the end, but yeah, the estrogen. Okay. Obviously, my body is um. Has a strong reaction to estrogen, um, with the pill and the pregnancy, and it's not normal. But mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I have to be on medication for the rest of my life. So yeah,
1: yeah. So in a way, like they, you know, they didn't kind of profile you as somebody being at risk for that again, right? Yeah. But yes, with the with your history yeah. or whatever, with things they, we don't know about.
3: Yeah. yeah, they just think it's something they. Probably a blood clotting disorder that they don't know about yet. And um, Mm -hmm. that, unfortunately, it happened twice. Um, So that means to be on this annoying medication for the rest of my life. But it's just part of my day now. So, you know. And had you stopped taking that
1: medication like when after the first time? Yes, yeah, yeah, because they didn't think it would, yeah. Yeah.
0: But you would still set PR, running PRs while on the medication, which is impressive Uh, because I think it's not exactly performance enhancing to be on a blood thinner, I would assume. Well,
3: I don't think it made any difference. Um, Or
0: having dead parts of your lung or anything. Yeah, I definitely had
3: some dead parts of my lungs. I think my breathing changed, but even a few few months afterwards, I was running, I ran PRs. I think some of that was going off the... Mm. Contraceptive pill that I'd been on for—I'd mm-hmm. originally gone on it when I was probably 15 to stop the painful. Um, I had had a lot of painful periods when, so that was like, it wasn't easy for me to run. But I kind of had. By the time I'd gone off it, after I had the pulmonary embolisms, that had seemed to mm-hmm. clear up. Still, really annoying. That um, mm-hmm. obviously running.
0: And you were able to have another baby on the medication, right? yeah so Yeah. I yeah. was worried about yeah those okay. things yeah it's possible.
1: that's amazing like that you were able to have a professional career after that you know and then yeah exactly go on have more kids and, yeah. and then even recover from the, the second time as well you were basically back um, after after I had yeah. Violet yeah I, try,
3: I mean I tried to get back into it but yeah, I, yeah. My foot, my, I don't, had an injury. And but
1: it was more of an injury than that. Well,
3: a little bit of both, yeah, I think. Yeah, but we we yeah.
0: forgot to talk about the injury. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on for part two. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one, that surgery. Wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So thanks a million, Kim. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't mentioned?
0: Right. Well, is, I forgot to do that last question on the last podcast. What What do you want to tell people about yourself that doesn't always get told? Do you uh, yeah,
3: anything? no, I don't have anything. Thanks. She eats mountains of food. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah so um, thank you so much, Kim. This has been great. Uh, I think you've got a lot of wisdom to share, even though you're very reluctant <laughs> on the whole interviews. Yeah, um, but thank you so much and. Thank you for being a great <laughs> teammate. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Kim. Yeah. We won't ever ask Zen you Master team. Kim. <laughs> Thank goodness. Home. <laughs> okay. Nice one.
3: Keep checking. Keep chugging. Check. <laughs>
0: Major shout outs to What Cheer Writers Club Podcasting Studio, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators and where Roshin and I record, and to Rudy Nakashima for our funky outro song. Thanks, guys.
4: Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go.